Welcome to another edition of Ask Our Parent Coach. Here's your host, Terry Manrique and Alina Greif. Welcome back to Ask Our Parent Coach. Uh, this show is brought to you by Working With Parents, Central Ohio's leading parenting experts and coaches, where we create a safe place for parents to seek help, support on topics such as parenting, communication, relationships, and emotional intelligence. I'm Terry Manrique. And I'm Alina Greif. Our special guest today is Nicole Freeman. Nicole lives in London, UK, and Nicole owns a company called Kids Kitchen, which is the online cooking uh, school for kids. So welcome, Nicole. We're so happy to have you here today. Um, you are you. our international guest once again, which is even more exciting. And uh, would you please take a few minutes to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got started on this journey? Sure. Um, so I started my cooking school, the Kids Kitchen, about 10 years ago. And that was because I had a fussy eater. My son was super fussy, wasn't eating anything, uh, was losing weight, was really not good. And I'd had my first child. My daughter was an amazing eater. We, you know, we love food as a family. We go out often, we cook often. And so when my son came along, it was really quite a bit of a surprise. And I think if you've had a picky eater yourself, you'll, you'll resonate with that. Um, and I started noticing that actually lots of other people were in the same position. And so basically what I was doing with him at home is I started cooking with him to try and move him away from being fussy or picky to being more of a foodie. And he really started to enjoy that kitchen time together and became receptive to trying new foods. Um, and I, I really noticed, as I said, just with um, other, my, my children's friends, that lots of people were in the same boat. There was a need for kind of family-friendly recipes that work and that kids would actually eat. So when my son started up school, I set up this cooking school for kids and have basically for the last 10 years taught those kind of skills to children from preschool, so from two upwards. And kids are just so amazingly capable in the kitchen. It's such a wonderful learning environment for them. And since lockdown, um, I've now brought all of those classes online. So it's really lovely for me that I've now got customers, you know, all around the world, um, not just, you know, very local to me. Um, so my aim really is to encourage families to get their kids involved in cooking in the kitchen, to cook together um, to build their repertoire of kind of family meals. Um, and also I talk a lot in the classes or teach a lot about fussy eating and, and ways of understanding how you can get past that, why your child is reacting the way they do. Um, I should say also I'm a hypnotherapist, so I understand a lot about the rules of the mind and I kind of try and bring that in in the, in the teaching that I use. I love this so much. Mm -hmm. Nicole, I, my background's early education. So we're all about creating independence. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, one of the mistakes that parents seem to make because they don't know is that, you know, when they're five and under in your cooking in the kitchen to just say, go play, go play, go play, go do something else. When really what they want to do is be engaged and be part of the community of prepping um, the meals. Right. And Absolutely. I think when, I think the most important thing that parents learn, because this is one of the things that I teach my clients as well, is that the more that we get our kids involved in the prepping of any of the work that we do, they take more pride in it. So they feel we immediately are raising their self-confidence and they feel this sense of ownership 
So yeah. when they felt have that sense of ownership, they're more likely to try and eat the foods that they were they were involved in preparing. So they feel this pride so saying, I made this and you're mm-hmm. eating it. And you know what? I'm going to eat it too. So I love what you're doing. I think this is so valuable. I think parents can take so much out of this. So I'm excited to dive deep uh, into what are some things that um, you're teaching, you know, parents and and setting up that mindset about picky eaters Mm. so it's really I would say that sometimes I take the parents to to one side and I do parent courses and then I really talk about it but otherwise it's very sort of subliminal in the sessions just as you said you you want people to you want the children to learn but in a fun environment fun is like one of my big words in the kitchen because I'm a big believer if children enjoy their time in the kitchen they're going to be more receptive to eating takes away that stress of meal times. Um, so I never will never force them to eat. We don't often talk a lot about eating. I try and engage all of the senses. So, you know, a child who's very picky may not even want to touch an ingredient that mm-hmm. is a bit scary or a bit uncertain for them. So it's all about games and, you know, calling ingredients different names. There's lots of little tips and techniques like that. But basically, I would never say to a child like you would at the dinner table, you know, oh, go and eat that extra bit of broccoli. We might be playing a game. We might be cutting it and saying that it's broccoli sprinkles and can we sprinkle it on something else like you'd sprinkle sprinkles on a on a cupcake you know so it's getting their mind in that playful way and and that really Mm -hmm. does go back to some of these mindset rules that you know we are all designed our brains are designed to keep us safe so I know it sounds a bit strange to say that broccoli is not safe but to a young child exploring the world it's not familiar to them they don't know that that's safe it's perfectly natural to kind of go through that um you know, experience. Right. And also we want to make these things more familiar. So the more we do it, the, the, the more they get used to it and the more exposure they get, the more likely they are to try it, just as you said, because it's also being fun. And we, we you know, naturally we all like doing things that are fun, don't we? We don't want to do things that are miserable. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <clears throat> I think um, also in my experience, when you have kids really take ownership and you know do things more like hands-on they're much more interested in trying the food they made um, rather than you know a parent like serving them something they cooked and then a child going no it doesn't look good you know yeah absolutely I mean I always say my little scrap line is cooking with the children rather than cooking for the children exactly and I think you've really hit the nail on the head there because it's often about control. And, and I mm-hmm. should say, you know, when we talk about picky eating, you, you talked about early years, we tend to think of the, of the early years. And that's where most of the research is based. But actually, from my experience of cooking with, you know, thousands of children, I think that there's three phases of picky eating. So there's the, the kind of preschool, the early years, you know, kind of mm-hmm. two to three when they're exploring the world, uh, you know, as toddlers generally and food is one of those areas. There's also for us, and maybe it's slightly different in the States, I don't know, but here I, I think it's about kind of age six or seven, which is when they've just settled into school because they start school here at five. Um, and they're, again, exploring boundaries. You know, they feel a bit safe and settled and they're kind of yeah. testing those boundaries. They want to exert some control. Mm-hmm. And then again, in obviously the teenage or the tween age years, um, and again, won't surprise you, it's all about control there. So as I said, the research really focuses on the young stuff. But for me, it's about control. And that's exactly what you've alluded to, which is getting yes. them to cook puts control 
back in their court and that yeah. gives them some sense of power so you're giving them choice not you know unlimited choice because otherwise they'd be eating cookies all day but you know right. giving them some choice like what toppings do you want to put on your pizza gives them back mm-hmm. that control and that's why we get them on side yes it's about buy-in right like when they have totally. buy-in they're t- so much more likely to be more adventurous and explore things because you're asking for their buy-in in this right yeah. And I think this is key. And I honestly, the same strategy works for adults, right? When you're trying to implement changes and when people feel that they don't have control or they don't have buy-in, they're so much more likely to resist. Absolutely. But, right? Interestingly, we don't think that our kids are wired in the same exact way as we are. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a great point. And often if I work with parents, you know, I'll ask them, like, what was it like when you grew up at home, you know? Did your parents make you finish the plate? Mm-hmm. What foods do you not like? Because we tend to have this attitude as parents, like, you know, I'll say something and it gets it gets done. You know, if I tell you you're eating broccoli now, you're eating broccoli. But actually, if you didn't like broccoli and somebody served that to you, let's say you went for a dinner party or something, you know, you might push it around the plate. You probably would leave a bit as well. But we exactly. almost expect different standards of our children. And because yes. we're in control of what we're giving them, we expect them to like the same. And actually, the world's not like that. The world would be very boring if we all ate the same and wore the same. So, you know, everybody has their own preferences. Well, and I think our palates change too, right? Our taste buds change as well, right? Mm. So, uh, you know, it, there's times where you where we get in this in this phase where we really enjoy a certain meal or a certain something, and then we're over it. It's the same for our kids that, you know, they're gonna their their taste buds are gonna change their um, they're all the time. They're going to be changing what they like and don't like. Right. This is, this is about yeah. the experience of food. Yes. Yeah. And, but interestingly, what's what sometimes it's frustrating because often I will get parents and they'll say, Oh, my child, I keep using broccoli as an example, but you know, they ate broccoli like all week, you know, they've eaten it for months. It's their favorite vegetable. And today they got out of bed and then they hate it. Um, so it's quite frustrating when they change overnight. And as you say, that is natural. And it, you know, the, the thing is not to get riled by that. Um, but also children like unusual things. We tend to prejudge. So one of the things, for example, that I notice in my classes is children love olives. And that's quite a grown up taste. You know, lots of adults don't like it. And I think part of the reason that they like it is it's quite salty. And as a generation, we've been avoiding giving our children lots of salt for you know health mm-hmm. reasons. Um, so people are often surprised with things like that. They'll think like, oh, no, they'd never like olives or they'd never like Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something else. Kale crisps, for example, is something that, you know, I've done in classes where parents say, oh, my child never eats any green vegetables. No chance getting into eat cabbage. Um, and then they absolutely devour it. So putting your preconceptions at the door is, is really helpful. And I think quite eye opening because you realize how much more capable your children are. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Um, I think also you mentioned something about teaching kids to cook safely. Mm. Um, and some safety um, techniques or, um, I guess, um, options in the kitchen. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what does that look like? Sure. Um, so first of all, one of the, the kind of rules that I, well, two rules, I suppose I have is that is never think that your child is too young. I mean, I think as, as once they're two, that there's lots of things that they can do safely in the kitchen. So I'm not a big believer in these lists that you can download from Google that will say, you know, your child could maybe hold a knife when they're nine. You know, they can definitely mm-hmm. do stuff from two. They're obviously not juggling sharp knives. Um, but, you know, give them more. I, I can talk to you a bit more about um, what kind of tools, but definitely children are capable. So get them started young. Um, and the second rule I have is that, 
Um, I don't buy or believe in any, um, when I say kid-friendly kitchen utensils, what I mean by that is I don't mean obviously anything dangerous, but, you know, children's um, cooking equipment is often very kind of twee, you know, like mini rolling pins. It's not very practical. It takes up a lot of space mm -hmm. in your drawer that you don't need. So I'm all for using kitchen gadgets that you will use as well. So just to give you an example, one of the things I love to use with my kids is something called a mezzaluna or a hashwa, which is like um, a moon shape. I'm making a moon shape. You can imagine like half a moon with two handles on either end of the moon. And yes. it's traditionally what you'd use for chopping herbs. So if you cook a lot of Middle Eastern food or that sort of thing, you'd use it for herbs. And it's brilliant because it, the blade is not super sharp, but also because you've got your two hands on the handles. Your hand can never be anywhere near the blade. Right. And the children love rocking it. It's like a rocking horse. And we use it for chopping all kinds of soft things, you know, spinach, mushrooms, things like that, that children often, you know, don't like, wouldn't be the first thing they would go for. But when they've chopped it, they love it. And I use it on, you know, apples and bananas. And you can use it on pretty much all vegetables. It's obviously the harder the vegetable, the tougher it is. But Things like that. So, again, not something you might have at home, but something that definitely would be used and you would use for other things. Um, graters, for example, it's much safer to use what is called a box grater. I don't know if you have that same term, um, but like a flat grater where your um, hand is kind of grating horizontally rather than vertically up and down, um, that sort of grater, because you're more likely to have your knuckles out and you're more likely to, to hurt yourself. So things like that, there's nothing different. I'm not using anything that's specially designed for kids. I'm just using stuff that is smart and is safe. Um, I use also lettuce knives or salad knives, which are very big plastic knives. And I love using those with kids from two because they're the same size as a big chef's knife. So it teaches them the right skills. Um, we practice passing skills just like you do in early years, you know, passing scissors and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. and that's often what I say to parents as well because sometimes people will say to me oh my god I'd never let my child use a knife that just can't yes. be safe can it and I say to them you know but they're at school they're at early years what if you said to your child you can't use scissors it's not safe you know everybody right. would say no no of course you can and what why is using scissors safe well you know I show them how to pass them and to close the blade and all the rest of it and that's, that's exactly right. what we do with a knife really it's no different Right. It's teaching them how to yeah. use each tool appropriately. Right. And and to take their and everything, mm -hmm. I think, is t stages. And I think that's another thing that we have to understand that we're not just going to go straight to using these tools when we are not teaching our kids, you know, to follow directions. Right. So I yeah. think we always want to start our kids slowly into the kitchen. You know, like, you know, your job is to rinse the potatoes and this is what you do. These are the simple step directions. And when you see that they are completing those tasks and understanding what instructions you're giving them, then you know that they're next, they're, they're up for the next ladder, you know, or yes. the next step, right? So it's not going straight to using the tools if they don't know how to even follow simple step directions. Yeah. Um, you want to slowly graduate them to using these tools when you see that they are that you can trust that they're going to listen to your directions and, and I'll follow along. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I mean, I always say when people ask me like, how old can, you know, can the children be when they cook? I say, as long as they're mature enough, 
to listen because listening skills are really important because you know we're not we're not playing games they are in a kitchen you know we've got heat Mm -hmm. we've got sharp stuff you know all of that so the listening skills you're absolutely right and the second thing you've kind of alluded to is often it is about the parents trusting themselves trusting themselves to be in charge of a young child in the kitchen and trusting themselves Mm -hmm. to maybe cook or do things especially if they're not a keen cook themselves so as much as anything else I love what you've what you said about washing potatoes and things because what we're doing is we're building up the parents trust because you'd never want to yeah. have your first experience in the kitchen as being a disaster because that would be it. You'd never do it again. So it is about having fun, you know, obviously being safe. And also the other thing that parents are usually worried about is the mess, um, you know, so you wouldn't maybe do bread making or something the first time. So it is about making it pleasurable on both sides so that you want to do it again. Right. And also, I think a lot of parents think that when they're doing this prep work with their kids, that they have to be there the entire time, which is not true. I think that as long as they're there to do a couple of tasks with you and, you know, as they learn to, you know, develop more patience or being more involved that because I think they feel like if they're going to meal prep with me, they have to be prep with me from start to finish. When yeah. only you only need five, 10, 15 minutes, depending on the child's willingness to want to be in the kitchen mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great point. So Nicole, when you're teaching your classes online, do um, do the parents then participate with their kids? Or how does this work virtually? Yeah, so some some do participate. So it's been really lovely learning curve, actually, because often for for my young for the children normally that are two to five, I would have them come with a a parent, whether you know, parent or a Mm -hmm. nanny or whatever that is. um, So that they're there as kind of support, if you like. And what the feedback I generally get is they love coming because the parents are learning as much as the kids. I always say if a two year old can cook it, you can cook it, too. So I do get (laughs) I do get some of that online as well. So and it's a really nice way of encouraging parents to cook as well, because they don't have to put their hand up and say, oh, I'm a lousy cook. I can't do this. They're there to help their children. And, you know, I'm doing my quote marks now, my my um, thing. So um, that can be really nice. But, yeah, just as you said, some of the kids that are not necessarily some older but also more capable and that can vary by age you know will be left by themselves it's very much depends Mm -hmm. on the rules in your house so you know you might have some children that um will make the whole recipe but mum feels more comfortable you know opening the oven and putting stuff in and out and that's fine and it might be that the parents are still in the kitchen reading the paper or doing something else so they're kind of supervising but not like you know they don't have to take time out of their day Um, Mm -hmm. And the kids Mm -hmm. learn really quickly. This is one of the things that I love most about, and it's really surprised me about going online. Um, I push the kids quite a lot generally because I think they are so capable. And I know that I get great feedback in terms of how quickly they grow in confidence. But often children um, lack that confidence. And often that will come out in a class where they'll say to you things like, oh, I can't do that. Could you do it for me? Or could you show me again? But of course, when they're online in their own home, you know, I'm there online, but they can't ask for help. It's different. It's That's a different right. kind of help. And so they're having to get on and do it. And actually, okay. we found that that has really helped them skyrocket their confidence and, yeah. and has yeah. helped with all those other motor skills, you know, especially mm-hmm. during this kind of time where some of the younger ones are really missing out because they've not been at school and they've not been doing the writing prep or, you know, whatever else that is. It's been such a huge benefit and they've been learning in a fun way. Um, that- that's so amazing. I love this. I think it's so crucial for us to teach our young ones how to cook because the more self-sufficient we make them, the better human beings are going to be and the more they're going to feel like they can go out in the world and accomplish big things. Um, and when we don't teach them these simple life skills, 
you know, when they go out into the world, they're, they're, they're lose, they lose that confidence. They, you know, they, they fear the world, right? Because if they feel like they haven't uh, had the capability to learn some of these skills that are so, so, so important for them. Yeah. Um, so our families uh, get in touch with you and do you have anything out there right now that they can, uh, that they can do and start working with you? Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, what I'm doing online is I run kind of two two types of classes. So I have a regular cooking club, a family cook club. So back to your question about do the do the family come come in? I have actually got one or two parents where they don't have the children are grown up, but they still love cooking. So they're, they're cooking with me online as <laughs> well. Awesome. So no one's excluded. Um, but we cook together live um, on each Saturday morning. Um, but then there's also replay. So again, that's been really lovely that people have the flexibility to do it at different times. Um, so they might do it mm-hmm. after school. And it, again, you know, one of the perks, I think we've always got to look for the benefits, but one of the perks of a lot of these classes having gone online is you might have something that's accessible to you now that wasn't before, or it's saving you time right. where you don't have to drive to a class, sit in the car, you know, come back again. And so from a cooking point of view, that's really powerful as well, because actually you can make something in 20 minutes and shove it in the oven and go off and play or do something else. So they, they have that club and everybody is welcome to join that. Um, and we cook something different and I try and challenge them with different recipes for different themes. So uh, what have we had? We had Taco Day recently and we've done um, we did something French for, um, you know, uh, Bastille Day and, you know, something for Christmas, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, again, it's, it's really bringing that learning to life. And then I run holiday classes. So coming up, I think starting this weekend, actually, I've got a load of Christmas themed classes. So we're making, you know, gingerbread houses and um, Christmas cakes. And again, very good for children that like to be creative because a lot of the mm-hmm. uh, not so much the sugar work, but the baking stuff is very creative. So I do a lot with fondant modeling. Oh, yeah. and, and that's really great for motor skills, too. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure they love that. You know, I'm sure they love that, especially the the baking, the Christmas cookies, the gingerbread house that just those sound like awesome projects for kids and parents to do together, too. Yeah. And that's the plan. So actually, for some of the ones, you know, again, if you've got a smaller child, a younger child, I would say, you know, Mm -hmm. not just my classes, but this is a way to approach other things, you know, split the task Mm -hmm. down. So a gingerbread house, for example, it might be something that you'd make if you're working with a three year old, but then you might decorate it with the three year old or you might split the class, watch half live, you know, maybe make the house together. And then like watch the rest of it on replay because obviously everybody's got different attention spans. Um, So it gives you a little bit of more flexibility and, you know, hopefully create something, as you said, that sense of pride and confidence. You know, when you put some food down Mm -hmm. that you've made on the table or you share photos with the grandparents and everybody goes, wow, aren't you clever? That's fantastic. Or that's your Christmas centerpiece. You know, they do love it. And um, I teach a lot of children with um, learning difficulties and special needs. And it's mm-hmm. the kitchen is a brilliant leveler. It, it's wonderful for that. Well, that's wonderful. Um, Nicole, is there a website or um, social media, um, you know, way to get in touch with you? How can they find you out there? So I have a Facebook page called The Kids Kitchen, which you should find, um, which has got lots of great okay. photos that you can see of what kids can really get up to in the kitchen. So all of those are photos that people mm-hmm. have shared, you know, recently. Um, I'm also on Instagram under the I think the Kids Kitchen UK. And then I have a special website just for the online classes, um, which is um, 
a kids kitchen or sorry kids cook club.weebly.com because that's, that's what we call it the cook club um so i can share those links with you as well that's great we'll have all those links um and everything for our uh, listeners in the show notes so they can go directly to the links and connect with you thank you yeah thank you for inviting me well, that's our show for today thank you so much for listening and tuning in Um, If you have any questions and you want us to answer any of your questions, feel free to submit your information to info at ourparentcoach.com. You can also visit our website at workingwithparents.com. And remember to apply the CPR philosophy with compassion, patience, and respect with everyone you come in contact with. Join us next week for another edition of Ask Our Parent Coach with Terry Manrique and Alina Greif. Well, that's our show. Thanks for sticking around and listening to the end. Don't forget, please write a review. Let us know what you think. We'd love to read your reviews and know if we're on the right track. Also, give us a rating. Let us know um, how we did. And don't forget to subscribe for future podcasts coming up.